What is up, guys? I am your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes. You can find me on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And you can also find the show on Facebook at Locked On Hurricanes Podcast. And today is the day, guys. It is time for the Locked On Oak City Sports Special, the crossover I did with Locked On Wolfpack host Kenton Gibbs. Uh, We talked about a whole bunch of hockey stuff and a whole bunch of Wolfpack stuff. It was absolutely a ball to do. I had so much fun and we can't wait to do something like that again. Um, But before we get into that, guys, I do want to tell you about today's sponsor. And they are, of course, as you guys already know and love them, Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's mental or physical, break through it with Go every day. They're easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine or put it in your pocket just to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And right now, they are coming in three delicious flavors that include peanut butter honey, which is my personal favorite, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. And you might be asking, how does Built Go work so well? Well, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy to stomach. Built Go is loaded with good good stuff to ignite my work, including beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks it kicks it up to keep me going strong uh, with B6 and B12. Collagen also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff will literally make you look better. Go to visitbuiltgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKED. That's capital L-O-C-K-E-D for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. And let's get on into uh, the first ever Locked On Oak City Sports Special, guys. Enjoy. Special. Uh, I am your host of Locked On Hurricanes, Jared Ellis, and I am joined by Locked On Wolfpack host, Kenton Gibbs. How you doing, Kenton? I'm great as always, man. Great to be here. Uh, I'm, You know, f- fun fact that people don't know about me. I'm from Detroit, and it's also known as Hockey Town. So to to be here today, I yeah. covered the ice pack. I covered the ice pack in college. So to be on the day is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing my ice pack shirt right now. You know, it wasn't planned or anything. I just you know grabbed it out of the suitcase because I'm in New Bern on business. Um, I just happened to grab this one out, and, and lo and behold, this is what I'm wearing on this Thursday night. We're recording a couple days early, uh, before you guys hear this. Um, you mentioned uh, the ice pack, um, you know, top of the episode. I mean, I've had um, Zach, their social media coordinator on. I've had their head coach, uh, Tim Healy, on. 
um, and they're both, you know, absolutely great guys. You know, I've talked to them out about their growth, seeing the growth of the program as well as their uh, PA announcer, Wade Mentor. I totally forgot about him, having him on the show. Um, but what are your thoughts on that growth of the program, Kenton? You know, the fact that you're talking about them having a social media coordinator and things of that sort is those are just resources that most uh, hockey teams in this region do not have. And they don't or they they either can't or willingly do not put that type of investment in to say like, hey, we want to build an actual program here, even though, you know, it's not going to be like it is where I'm from. It's not going to be the Michigans and Wisconsin of high, and Boston's of, of college and college hockey of the world. But mm-hmm. to say like, hey, hockey is building here. We are building something good here. Let's build upon it. Let's make something that, you know, riding off of the uh, riding off of the hurricanes wave of recent success into like, hey, we grow hockey down here. It's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I remember going to the uh, Governor's Cup between them and UNC Chapel Hill a little over a year ago, um, and they had almost the entire lower bowl of PNC Arena filled, you know, for a Division II club hockey game in North Carolina. That's insane. Um, I remember Coach Healy. I remember Coach Healy saying that there's, you know, D1 teams, you know, up like you're from that don't even draw that kind of crowd. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy um, what they've been able to do there and actually successful. I mean, they're back to back ACC HL champions right now. Um, they had their uh, little fall slate of games they had were a little little rocky there, um, but I definitely feel they're gonna bounce back um, with their full spring slate whenever that can happen. Oh, for sure. And and the thing the thing that I think that is so important when you look at the ice pack, it's been a progression. It's been a build. They've gotten better and better and better. When I was there, we just we were hoping to keep the backyard brawl close. We were hoping to like mm-hmm. make it a game with the boys in blue. And now it's like we we go into that game expecting like, hey, this is ice pack has set a standard. We're gonna whoop the wheels off these boys. That's what we're gonna do. And it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, it's honestly great, and I can't wait to actually be able to go to their games at the new Wake Competition Center. I know I had a little uh, ways down on the questions, but that was kind of a nice um, Have you seen the new Wake Competition Center at all? So I haven't seen it in person. I've seen it through the video tours and all that multiple times, and it's, an, it's a beautiful sports complex. Again, this is at the at the end of the day when you look at what that is, you can tell it's a professional uh, practice facility, but you can also see it's a it looks like a just a great environment for families to be in if you're you know doing that type of skating deal, and if you're talking about the hockey that we're talking about, Division Two, it's one of the better facilities. You're not gonna see that. Mm-hmm. In South Florida, you're not gonna see that in Georgia. You're just not gonna see it in those places. So to have it here, it means something. Yeah, I agree. And heck, you're not even gonna see that in the other parts of North Carolina for like ECU, Duke, App, Wilmington. Like you're not gonna see that level of quality there either. Um, and oh, then obviously, yeah, and obviously it's the new uh, practice facility for the Hurricanes. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. You know, finally a good 
practice facility for them because I don't know if you saw the, the old Raleigh Center ice and that was kind of run down and not good looking. Um, so they're having a really NHL uh, level you know, practice facility for them. Um, and then obviously Ice Pack have this stuff. So you got great stuff for doing hockey in North Carolina, but you also have the volleyball complex, the gymnastics complex. Mm-hmm. complex. I believe there's tennis stuff there. There's a bunch of other growth in North Carolina or in the triangle as a whole. And I think it's great. And I cannot wait to be able to go see it in person. Oh, same, same. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't geeked up to go to go out there in person. And again, the fact of the matter is these, all of these things go hand in hand, right? So like what Rob Brenda Moore is doing with this team, what's happening with the ice pack, what's happened with the weight competition center, all of it goes hand in hand. And, and I say that through this. In building the team that Rob Brennamore wants to build, obviously in hockey more than a lot of other sports, drafting is important, but free agency is a big part of what helps NHL teams get it done. What attracts free agent? Obviously the money, but beyond that, the facilities. The facilities are what bring yeah. – folks, folks were not looking at the Hurricanes facilities saying, that's where I want to play. Yeah, yeah, I could practice there every day. I yeah. love that, that, you know, and now that's not the case anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the old Raleigh Center Ice, but that one was that one wasn't even fit for like the junior uh, little kid teams. It was really run down, really small, like really nowhere. Like there's no room in there, um, and much less being a practice facility for an NHL team. Definitely you, not. You know, I was told uh, about it, and, and when uh, I asked when I asked one of my uh, fellow fellow writers at the technician. Uh, at the time, hey, let's let's go out there and, and see. And he's like, no, no, there's there's nothing there. Like you you really nothing special. Nobody wants to go. I was like, okay, all right. You, uh, you seem a little angry there, so we're not gonna go see it. That's fine. I'd say the only good thing about RCI uh, was how I mean, it was cool being able to get close to the players. Obviously, when they're practicing, that's cool. But I mean, when it was the it was it just kind of took away from it um but i would say the best thing about it was you just how easy you get to the players you know and meet them after practice like the little side entrance or whatever it all fans there you know waiting to meet them and whatnot you know it's really easy you know to go see your favorite players um and a lot of teams you don't have that access right um for sure yeah you do not um, so I will say that was cool, and I will miss that aspect of RCI. Oh, um, trust me, as a, as a Red Wings, as a Red Wings fan, Chris Chelios, you were not getting to him unless you went out to his restaurant. Nicholas Listrom, Pavel Datsu, mm-hmm. you were not gonna rub elbows with them coming out of the practice facility. It just wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah, uh, that'd be like the one thing I miss about RCI. But outside of that, not really. Um, now, I my thoughts on them. Uh, the Hurricanes uh, reverse retro jerseys. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at those yet. Um, what were your uh, initial thoughts on those? You know, the reverse retro jerseys, I, I really like what all the leagues are doing with their jerseys right now, right? I really love it. I love the bright colors. I love all the extra, making it, giving it an 80s feel and all that. But the the Hurricanes jerseys were some of my favorites. 
I'm not even gonna lie to you right mm-hmm. now. Like the the hurricanes and that that uh they did the whalers bit, right? They did that that bit, yeah. the uh green it looked good. It looked really good. And I'm telling you, I honestly and truly, when I think about uh everybody's reverse retros, I wanna see as much of a tie-in to the the or paying homage to the old style of your jerseys while still modernizing it. I want to see as much of that as I can. And I think the Hurricanes pulled it off excellently. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, you know, like their jerseys. I mean, they weren't my favorite. I think that's also kind of because they've been doing Baylor backs for a little bit now, um, even before this. Um, but by all means, bad jerseys. Um, were there any others that kind of stood out to you? Well, I mean, okay. Well, I don't, I don't want to make this a red week show, but I, I guess I got to do. It, it was no, so appallingly bad. It was so appallingly bad. It was just like, what is this? I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to see them pull out like some <laughs> classic, some of the like, you know. And, and granted, the red, the red wings jersey schemes are set up in a way that it's hard to, to reach back and still make it modern. But they, it felt like they didn't put any effort in that. It felt like they didn't put anything into it, and that that really was I, disappointing for me. I agree. It looks like a practice jersey, in my opinion. Yeah, it it was um, just so. Uh, the other ones that I like, the St. Louis Blues, theirs looked uh, pretty good to me. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, theirs looked all right. And I, uh, who's the one with the dragon? Is that Calgary? Yeah, that's Calgary. That's a horse, actually. It's the oh. old mascot, Blasty. Oh, Calgary did it big. Okay. All right, Calgary. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Those are my top. Those are my favorite ones right there. Those are my – oh, and the nice. Devils. The Devils, too. The Devils had a pretty good one. But, yeah, those are my favorites. That one's um, one of my least favorites. The Devils was one of your least favorites? Yeah. It, that just wasn't it for me. Like, I'm not you a fan like of the, the red and green of exactly. Devils. Look. Exactly. You're not a like, the holiday season. I, I've never been on? a. <laughs> I've never been a fan of the uh, red and green Devils logos. Um, that that one's just not my cup of tea. Um, so, uh, last uh, Hurricanes related question on this one. Um, what was what has been your um, take you know on the hurricane success over um, the past couple seasons that they've had, and then also being able to land the stadium series game that they're supposed to be playing at Carter Finley Stadium at some point. Okay, first of all, having the stadium game is beautiful. It's it's beautiful. It's it's like nothing you've ever seen before because it outdoor hockey is just. I don't know what it is, but it's something about it that makes it feel grittier. It makes it feel more like old school hockey, even though uh, statistically speaking, some of the stadium games have been some of the highest scoring and most upbeat that we've seen. It's still just a great feel. Uh, so let's start there. But even more, if we're talking about the the Hurricanes improvement, it is, you know, for me personally, I believe that in every sport, the team takes the coach's personality. And there are few better examples of that than the Rod Brenda Moore Coast Hurricanes. There's only a few better examples. I think Mike Vrabel with the steel, I mean with the uh 
with the Titans, maybe one. Mike Tomlin with the Steelers, maybe the another. But that's about it. That's you know, you don't really see too many teams that like they embody what their coach is quite like uh quite like the Hurricanes do. And it's worked well for them. The Hurricanes have always, but especially more recently, had really skilled players. They have. It, it hasn't been a problem of like, oh, yeah, they've got too many grinders, too many third line guys, no skill guy. That's never been a problem for them. What was the problem was the grinder stuff, like conditioning. That conditioning was something that everybody thinks is easy and it's between you and you. But we're not talking conditioning compared to regular people. We're talking conditioning compared to the best athletes in the world. So with that being said, when you when you're having that type of mode, you need a coach who's going to have a grinder mentality to say, hey, listen, everything that you can control, we will be masters of. And it's beautiful to see the physicality that they're bringing out that that was not present before. It's great to see. So, you know, it, it is really a beautiful thing to see uh, the Hurricanes getting better and at the end of the day, I don't think that this is a team that has reached their ceiling by any means. I don't I don't think they're close. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree uh, really with everything you made there. Um, ever since Rod Burnamore uh, took over this team, you know, they've been just on the upswing. Um, and it definitely shows because, I mean, I know, you know, though it's that whole, you know, law uh, in North Carolina about, the sale of alcohol at college stadiums and that obviously put a hamper, you know, on them playing a stadium series game um, at Carter Finley. Um, but, you know, even, you know, taking that aside, um, I really don't think it would be in that same boat. Um, they weren't having the success that they're having. Um, and it was time to strike while the iron was hot um, with the outdoor game. Um, I think everyone knew once, you know, that log got, uh, past where you know you could sell alcohol at college stadiums. I think everyone knew uh, Tom Dundon and the Hurricanes organization. They're gonna push for an outdoor game, and lo and behold, they got it. Um, oh, yeah. And I do have one last hockey-related question before we move on to the Wolfpack. Oh, because uh, you mentioned you mentioned physicality. Um, and I don't know if you saw my tweets from today, um, but who on the Hurricanes do you think would stand the best chance of knocking out that uh, Paul brother that's been boxing that beat the shit out of Nate Robinson? Oh, oh my God, man. Um, you know, because <laughs> see, it, hockey fighting Doesn't count. and regular fighting are, are they're a little different, but if I had to go with a guy who's gonna who's gonna win it, I and I know he's kind of small. He's kind of he's. I just think he's got the heart to do it, and I think he's known as Mister Game Seven for a reason. I I, I think he can do it. I think he can take care of him. I think oh, you think Justin Williams can knock him out. <laughs> but hear me out. Oh, hear me yeah. out here. Hear me out here. When you watch Nate Robinson fight him, Nate Robinson gassed himself out. And he just kept going in with little to no guard. I think that Justin Wins has been in enough. I think he's been in enough scraps to know, like, all right, he's bigger than me. He's stronger than me. I got to get on the inside. I got to wear him down bit by bit. I, I'm not going – I don't have the bomb punches. What I do have, if I could just chop at that tree with my axe and just keep on chopping. Oh, uh, that's great. Um, 
I remember uh, at the start of the playoffs, uh, it was literally like a minute in uh, to game one against the Rangers. He was fighting someone. Um, and that was his and last that- playoff run. I mean, he, yeah, he's retired now, but. I don't. He's not done with the Hurricanes organization. That's oh, for well, sure. Okay. Well, if we're if we're if we're going current players, I guess I got to switch my answer. But I'm just I'm just saying I'm I have no doubt about it that he I feel like he could get it done. I I really don't. I think Doug Hamilton. If we're talking about current players, I think he could do it. I Dougie? Think, oh yeah. Dougie, I think Dougie nice, nice. I think because the thing is, I, again, again, Doug. He's a smart guy on the ice. And I think he'd be smart in the fight to know I'm six five. I got a lot of reach. Let me not let him get in too close. I'm a pepper him with the jab, keep him out of distance, and we'll we'll get it done that way. Yeah, I know. Uh, kind of the feedback I got from on Twitter was obviously Rod Burnamore. He would kill anyone as oh. jacked as that man still is. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rod he, lost he a step. Still beat. Yeah, he'd still beat most of the players in the NHL. Oh, again, uh, he was up there. Um, of, of course, also Svetch. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. I can see Svetch. I can absolutely see that. Yeah, because he took boxing lessons uh, last off season. Um, so he he knows what he's doing. And then uh, Martinuk as well. Uh, those were the. Um, I'm surprised nobody went with the one of the tallest guys in hockey to win that fight. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, reach is a huge advantage in a fight. Yeah, it is. I think it may have been because um, Dougie isn't necessarily known for fighting, um, but that'd be my guess there. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like to think outside the box though, especially when you throw me a hypothetical like that. I I can't I can't go with the convention because I saw your answers today and I didn't want to go with anybody that everybody else was going with. Uh, you're good, you're good. Um, so now moving on over into your, more of your territory with NC State. Um, now, now they're close to wrapping up their football season now. I think they only got like two or three more games left. Um, but well, well yeah, there's only one fan, on the regular season schedule left. Only one on the regular season schedule left. Okay, it's only one now. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But they got a bowl um, game coming as well. Yeah. Yeah, I knew they'd definitely be bowl eligible this year. Um, now, I, for the most part, I've been happy with the season as a fan. I think they you know, have definitely taken some dumb penalties um, mm-hmm. over the season, that's for sure. Um, but you know, someone who covers them on a regular basis. What has been your takeaways from the season? So any fan who does not share your sentiments in terms of being excited about this team is delusional. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. You looked at the team last year that had, what was it, two conference wins? And you look at the team this year, there's no way that you don't say to yourself, they have improved in almost every way. And despite the health struggles that they've had again this year, you lose your QB1. You lose your top two cover guys. Tanner Ingles is – you lose piece after piece after piece. The offensive line has been banged up all year. Ricky Perkins has had some injuries as well. Peyton Wilson has had some injuries. To have all of the pieces that they have had down for any amount of time during this season and still be competing is beautiful. It's beautiful. That in and of itself is beautiful. But then to win this and, and this is a thing 
thing that I told everybody before the Liberty game, people called me crazy. They wanted my head for this. I said, NC State is in position to finish fourth in the ACC this year. And I want you to they think are. about that. You you look at who's ahead of them. Right now, they're fifth in the ACC. They're only behind UNC because of the head-to-head tiebreaker. UNC still has uh, Notre Dame on the schedule. NC State just has Georgia So when you look at those two, sure, NC State got took to the woodshed by UNC, but that was their first time playing without Devin Leary since he came back. And also, uh, Peyton Wilson was hobbled for a lot of that game. And still, you play who's in front of you, and NC State has played everybody who's in front of them extremely well, including their only out-of-conference game being an undefeated top 25-ranked Liberty. This team here, if you're not excited about it as an NC State fan, what do you want from NC State? That's my question to any State fan that's not excited about this. Yeah, honestly, for me, it was the, just the fact that they're playing is absolutely amazing. Um, and one thing, you talk about the Liberty game, uh, I'm still going to get uh, my head, sh- I'm still going to get chewed out for this because um, my girlfriend, she's an LU alum. I was talking so much junk to her ahead of that, that game, like, Dude, Liberty, like, they're going to lose. They're overhyped because they had been playing cream puffs all year, pretty much. <laughs> and then they played someone, you know, someone competitive, and they got beat. Hey, listen, so, listen I, I'm going to just tell you this. Hopefully your old lady is a better sport uh, than, than I am because I'm going to just say that wouldn't go over too well. That would not go over too well, man, because that, that's tough. That's tough, you know. It, we hold our alumni, we hold the places we graduated from to a special place in our heart. Oh, she was happy. I almost slept on the couch. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> almost, but I didn't. Uh, but, yeah, I'll still give her a little bit of crap for it. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was fun. I definitely enjoyed that game. And when they blocked that field goal, I was absolutely ecstatic. And, yeah. Uh, you're talking about their quarterback, uh, Bailey Hoffman. Uh, the other day, uh, me and my girlfriend, we were uh, at Carter Family just taking some pictures because um, she found her camera and you know, wanted to go take pictures. Uh, we were, uh, I think, on the north end-ish. Uh, um, you know, she was looking and taking pictures of the stadium. Um, and then out walked Hoffman. So I'm just like, oh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, that was cool. anybody who listens to Locked On Wolfpack will tell you I'm not Bailey Hawkins' biggest fan. However, um, he must be commended for not letting this thing completely fall apart. Because early in the season without mm-hmm. Bailey Hawkins, this team looked listless and lifeless at times. But he, to his credit, has kept this team on pace and he has not made the killer enough mistakes. Because quarterback is one of the few positions in football or in all of sports, really, where if you are just god awful at your job, the team is god awful. It doesn't matter how good everybody else is around you. And if you think I'm lying, look at the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are good every year and at almost every position except quarterback. And when they finally got a decent quarterback, Peyton Manning didn't even have to play great. His first season there, he was great. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The season they actually won the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning was just kind of along for the ride, but he was good enough to not mm-hmm. lose it. He was good enough to not lose yeah. it, and look what happened. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Bailey Hockman, he has been good enough 
to not lose it for NC State. And for that, he must be committed. I still want to see him get a first-class ticket to elsewhere at the end of the season, but he must be commended. Yeah, I agree there. He's definitely held it together for him this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to the Georgia Tech game. They That should definitely be a win there. Um, and then bowl game. Um, so personally, as a fan, I am really happy with the season. Um, now looking ahead to more of a review of the basketball season's kick ends and men's. Um, I believe at time of teams are still undefeated. Um, women's are ranked number eight in the country. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the season. Um, I know men's team, uh, I believe they have some high expectations for them as well as obviously the women. Um, so looking ahead to that season or those seasons, I should say, uh, what are some of your thoughts heading into those? So in watching ACC women's basketball, I've been watching for years now, right? And one thing I can say watching this year, mm-hmm. the ACC in women's, in women's basketball is a lot like the ACC in football. There's the two at the top and then there's everybody else. I don't think that there's another good quality team in the ACC. And by good and quality, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, oh, be shocked and upset and disappointed if NC State loses to anybody besides Louisville. That's not what I'm saying here. These are still 18 to 22-year-old women. They'll be right with inconsistency at times because that's the nature of 18 to 22-year-olds. However, as a whole, as a collective, for the entire season, I don't see this as a conference that's going to be just littered up and down with teams that can just whoop the wheels off of folks, except for NC State and Louisville. And with that being said, the bar for NC State because of that is extremely high. But I think they can meet it. I think they can meet and exceed what most people's bar for them is because at the time of recording, they're they're leading South Carolina at half. So again, this is this is a NC State women's basketball team that I think has all the pieces to show, hey, Westmore has not always had the horses in the stable, but he can get the job done. And now that he has the horses, we're gonna see him start to lap some of these teams in the ACC. And then when we move over to men's and Kevin Keats, oh, baby. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me tell you (laughs) something. This Cam Hayes, this Cam Hayes in his third game ever, 17 points, six assists. I was the only thing that kept me up at night about this NC State basketball team. Who was going to be the playmaker? Who was going to be the distributor? Markel Johnson was one of the, the leading assist men in the ACC for the last two seasons. And so you look at that and you say, how are you going to replace that? And then, lo and behold, a young man comes along by the name of Cameron Hayes, and he says, don't worry, Wolfpack Nation. I got you. I appreciate him because he's been balling. And granted, it's been against, quote, unquote, uh, lesser opponents. But I think that he'll be all right. I think he can do it. I think he can keep this going into ACC play. I agree there. I've definitely been enjoying watching it. Um, I do agree with your point there. You know, yeah, they have been playing some lesser opponents and you kind of, you know, looking at the Liberty football game, you know, we'll see once they get up, you know, some against some tougher opponents. But I definitely think uh, Cameron Hayes, you know, along with the rest of the team, they, they got what it takes to competitive this year. I know oh. ACC is typically dominated by UNC and Duke, um, but we'll see how it goes. 
And here, UNC is UNC by name now, as far as basketball goes. I don't, yeah. I don't think that they're the teams that we're used to seeing where they trot out four or five All-Americans who can just ball and dominate. Again, shout out to that 6'3", 175-pound young man from Greensboro, North Carolina, by the name of Cam Hayes. He's a bad man. But then you got Manny Bates looking like he's a member of Swole Patrol in the middle. You got Funderburk, who's as hungry as ever as, after not being listed in the top 100 players. Devin Daniels has expanded his bag so, for, so far from what I've seen this season. His offensive bag is deep. But the thing that excites me most about this NC State men's basketball team, the defense, they pressure that ball for 64 feet from one end of the court to the other. You're going to get pressure, 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 pressure. They do it well, and it looks good. I, I'm enjoying them watching it. And uh, if if Manny Bates can stay out of foul trouble, and if Cam Hates can sustain what's happening right now, this NC State team can definitely make some noise in the ACC. And the ACC is, in football, maybe the weakest of the Power Five conferences outside the top team. In basketball, I think they're the deepest. I honestly and truly think they're the deepest. Mm -hmm. uh, the Big Ten has a few teams with a lot of good bigs, but I think if I'm team for team, top to bottom, for every Power Five conference in basketball, the ACC's got to be your best pick. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Um, one last question, you know, regarding basketball. Um, you, know, you mentioned NC State. Uh, compete you know on the ACC level um do you feel that they have what it takes to maybe be competing on the national level as well so the team has currently constructed can they compete on the national level I believe that it is too early to call that one because we haven't seen all of the nation and how all of the nation looks as far as can mm -hmm. they compete on the biggest stages against excuse me all of the national powers however yeah. What I will say is this, defense travels, experience travels. Those two things matter in March. Those two things are what win championships. If you look at every Cinderella team, they have had those things. And when you look at state, they have both in spades. So with that being said, I, again, it's too early to call, but if I had to, if somebody said, Ken, you got to bet your house, you got to bet your life savings, you got to bet everything you own, one way or the other. They can compete on the national stage or they can't. I say they can. I say they, they can do it. I agree there. They definitely have what it takes. It's just a matter of seeing how it shapes up. The season just started. Um, but that's it for my questions, Kenton. Uh, do you have anything for me? Jared, just just tell me this, right? Uh, did you play for the Ice Pack when you were at State? No, I did not. I'm actually not a I'm just a fan. I oh, wish okay. I went to State. I wish I went to State. I've been considering you know, going back and finishing my degree at State. Though. Hey, listen, the Wolf Pack would love to have you. You'd be a great addition. And, and this episode alone should get you at least a foot in the door as far as NC State life goes. But all right, so so let me ask you this. How do you think that there will ever be a time where the ACCHL starts to maybe push for, you know, a lot how the Sun Belt 
I want to say all of 10, 15 years ago, most of the teams in the Sun Belt were um, FCS teams or Division II at that time. Do you think that there will be a or there can be a similar transition for Southern teams with hockey? I think the potential is there. Um, NC State honestly will be one of the leading teams in that um, because they're definitely the one growing the fastest. Um, you mm-hmm. had Coastal Carolina join the ACC HL this season. So the conference is growing um, a lot. Um, I think the Hurricanes are and their recent success are having a lot to do with that. Um, and obviously NC State success as well. Um, I think it's a long ways away. I don't think it will be something that happens within the next five years or anything like that. Um, but maybe 10 years or so down the road, I could definitely see you know, a team like NC State maybe making a uh, move up um, maybe to one of the higher Division II uh, program or divisions or conferences, excuse me. Um, I totally said that, that wrong. Or maybe to one of the um, lower Division One conferences. I mean, not saying they're bad or anything like that, but, you know, almost like the Sun Belt, you know, it's not a power five, um, but, you know, one of the outside conferences. I could maybe see that happening, you know, in the next years or so. And one more question for you here. Now, the Hurricanes, just two years ago, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals here. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Okay, last year, first-round exit, bounced by Boston. Do you think that that was a sign of regression in the team, or was the conference final run a uh, – was that a one-off, or was that just a – it's the ebb and flow of hockey? And what do you expect out of them this year? I definitely don't think it was a fluke or anything like that. Um because, you know, when they went to the Eastern Conference Final uh, the other year, they got swept by Boston. Um, and um, this year, um, you know, they there was also the qualifying round, the, the expanded playoffs, which, you know, we called it the Rona round or anything, you know, just for uh, giggles there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they swept uh, the New York Rangers, who uh, swept them in the regular season. Um, so right. they did have that uh, round win uh, there as well. Um, and, and when they played Austin in the first official round of the playoffs, you know, they were able to win a game in that, which is something that they didn't do um, in the previous season. And mm-hmm. I'll also say this year, you know, uh, you know, arguably, you know, one, one of their best uh, players, Dougie Hamilton, you know, he was coming off a broken leg. He had just came back in the New York series. Um, and they're, they're kind of battling some injuries there. Um, but I definitely don't think it was a fluke, um, or anything like that. Um, they definitely have issues that they need to sort out. Um, it was, they definitely should have been more competitive in that series for sure. Um, uh, but I definitely expect to continue to be a perennial playoff. Um, honestly, you know, I've talked about it. You know, on the Hurricane show, obviously, I feel their weakest point is goaltending. Um, neither Mrazek nor Reimer are true number one goaltenders. Um, hey, listen, as a Red Wings fan, a- as a Red Wings fan, I could have told you either the Rock was going to crack on you in the playoffs. I could have told you. 
Ain't nobody want to listen to me. They said I was being a hater because my team was bad. I said Peter is going to do Peter, okay? But go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Oh, you're good. I mean, I've seen it, you know, the Wings, the Flyers. Um, you know, he's not bad, um, but he's not a true number one. Um, Absolutely. And they need a true number one. I feel they should have made that push in the offseason, whether, whether it been for a guy like Robin Leonard, a trade for like Frederick Anderson, or like some of these other guys that were market. Um, I feel they really should have made that. And, you know, outside of uh, the goaltending, I think they're really, really strong. Um, you know, they have extreme depth at the defenseman position, um, you know, and also at forwards as well. You know, they're, they're set, you know, when it comes to that. It's just they need something with goaltending. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, goaltending for me is one of those positions that, like quarterback in football, if that is bad, your team is bad. There is no amount of defense. There is no amount of puck movement. There is no amount of, um, you know, if you're good at protecting the puck, you don't have as many breakaways. Sure. But at some point in time, your goalie has still got to be a goalie. They've still got to get you some some wins. They've still got to eat some out for you. And I agree. The problems in the crease have been what have held, uh, what have held the Hurricanes back. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, well, I do want to thank you, Kenton, uh, for agreeing to do this special. It's been something I want to do for a while. I uh, would like a North Carolina sports special. And we'll de- definitely have to do it sometime um, and expand it out. You know, not just back in hockey. You know, uh, uh, you know, talk about you know the courage and uh, some of all these other teams that we have around in and around the triangle as well. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm going to tell you, we could do it even better. We could grow this thing out and get all of North Carolina involved. We could get the boys in blue in it. We could get the uh, the, the Dukies in it. We could get the the Charlotte Hornets and, and their fans all in the, or their, whoever the host of Locked On Hornets is, the host of Locked On Panthers. I love it. I'd absolutely love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again, Kenton. Uh, and like I said, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, and can you tell my listeners? Uh, where they can find you on the socials. Oh, absolutely. Wherever you listen to Jared, you can probably find me in the same places uh, at Locked On Wolfpack. You can follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Wolfpack. Now, listen, if you choose to follow my personal page, all right, you're in for more than Wolfpack sports. I'm just going to tell you that now, all right? But with that being said, you can follow my personal page uh, at TGIF underscore Kenton. Uh, once again, you know, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on so very much. And uh, I, I think that the first Oak City sports special was a success. I don't know. Let's let's ask the fans. Let's get a poll going. See how much they like to see how much see if they would have had this happen again. Uh, I definitely feel a little enjoy. Your listener, um, you guys can find me on Twitter at lo underscore hurricanes. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Locked On Hurricanes Podcast. Um, if you want to follow my personal page, it's at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Um, and with that, that does it for the first ever, first ever Oakley Sports Special. Hey, peace and love. And as always, go pack. Go pack and go Canes. 
All right, guys, I really hope you enjoyed that first ever Locked On Oak City Sports Special. I had an absolute ball uh, recording that with Kitten yesterday, or Thursday, (laughs) excuse me. Um, But before uh, I tell you guys about some other cool stuff we got going on, I do want to tell you about long-time sponsor, Built Bar. Built Bar is, of course, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Um... They have 18 amazing flavors, including their six new ones that include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious individual. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Um, Now, Built Bar is, of course, offering you a great discount. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 20% off your next order when you use that promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go get you something. So, go get you something good, guys. Um, but before I tell you about uh, what we got looking forward to next week, we got r- something really big uh, coming at you next week. Um, I'm sure you may have already seen uh, the announcement on Twitter, but Walker is coming back. He has gotten all his ducks in a row and is ready to come back to the podcast. Um, so you can look forward to that on a Tuesday, guys. So big stuff happening next week. We also got some other announcements coming at you um, next week as well. Um, but that does it for today's episode, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this special Saturday episode of Locked On Hurricanes. As you just heard a second ago, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And you guys have a great rest of your day and Go Canes and go Pack. (laughs) 